Hey, everybody. It's me, Sam Nunberg. Uh, so I went on TV the other day and I went on a bunch of TV stations and I just called in and I was like, I don't feel like answering a subpoena. And I thought it was kind of funny if they put me in jail. And then I was like, I don't know. In retrospect, it was kind of a weird day I had. So sometimes you just got to chill out on your sofa and, and read and not call all the networks. So I'm sitting here reading Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson, which is a mystery novel. And it's got good reviews. And they're saying it's like, it's like Agatha Christie and stuff. It's like a, like a mystery. You know, there's clues and things. And there's like nothing in it about calling into all the major networks and saying you're not going to turn over um, all your emails to the special, special prosecutor because you don't feel like it. You may or may not be drunk. It's totally unclear. Truly Devious out now. I'm Sam Numberg. I had a really weird day. You nailed it. Did I? Do you think that I convinced people that I was him? And yeah, you definitely and you? did. And mm-hmm. then also you sold a lot of books. What are we going to talk about this week, Dan? <sighs> I kind of broke. I broke, Maureen. There was too much. Uh, we don't even know what to say anymore. Just uh, says who? Just says who? Says who? to says who the podcast that isn't a podcast it's a coping strategy i'm dan sinker and i'm maureen johnson wow I'm trying to shake it up oh i'm shook i wanted it Mission to be accomplished i wanted it to be exciting for people to hear because i think people like people like variety people love variety a one thing about dan- people they love constant change Dan? Yeah. I have... You know how we need to make money? Yes. All right. I have an idea. I'm in. I have two ideas. Sign me up. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. You know how I often talk about our sponsor, Blue Apron? They're not our sponsor, but you do talk about them a lot. Okay. This is an idea that I'm almost afraid to say out loud because it's worth a lot of money. But if someone wants to get in on this, like, you have to give us money. Okay, ready? I'm ready. Bluetooth apron. What? Bluetooth apron. Okay. It is the next logical extension. All right. You're like, how does it work? Okay, so what you do is you turn on your Bluetooth, and Bluetooth apron sends you over, like, the internet, like, via Bluetooth. Yeah. Like, a recipe for like like a, a like a, a meal and all of like the pre-portioned ingredients. Now I know what you're thinking. How do you get pre-portioned ingredients over the that internet? Does, That's what you're thinking. That does seem like a technical hurdle mm-hmm. to overcome. Well I have an answer. Okay. I have an answer. I'm ready. Three D printer. Whoa. Uh-huh. So like, say you need a potato because, like, they mail you a potato, but a blue teeth apron, blue tooth apron, which is like, and if you've got a bunch, it's blue teeth apron, but like, blue tooth apron sends you like an email with a potato in it, and then you print it out. And I know what you're thinking how do you print out a potato? Yeah, I wondered that. I, I have the answer. Okay. So, w- when you sign up every week, they send you like giant reams of like ingredient paper so like they've flattened a bunch of potato and so basically you get like a ream of potato paper that you put in your 3d printer then it shapes you a potato and you only get the one potato so there's very little waste because i mean there is like that giant ream of potato paper that they've had to make but like then you print out your onion and you print out your like your single spoonful liquids are hard um yeah but um that's how so um you don't get liquids anymore which is i think a bonus seems great Bluetooth apron. I like it. We 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 have some VCs that listen. I bet they're probably investing already. It's food in a printer. Whoa, 
I have a second money-making idea. Hit me. All right. This two-week period actually began with the town hall, the CNN town hall, which was one of the most amazing things I've ever watched. It was pretty incredible. It was incredible. And what there were so many parts about it that were just remarkable. But I believe the most remarkable was the fact that Marco Rubio just stood there and it's his job to professionally stand there and take money for the NRA and get he basically is a volley is like a dodgeball target. Like he just has to sit there and get hit. Yep. And just the part where kids were screaming at Marco Rubio and he had to stand there and like parents and he just had to stand there and take it. Just cut that out and make that like like my TV has various like screensaver programs that are supposed to relax you like here's a sunrise and here's like a of the little village. But it's that. But it's just people yelling at Marco Rubio. Oh, I like it. It's so soothing. <sighs> it was genuinely one of the most relaxing things I'd seen in a long time. It felt cathartic. It he. He had a look on his face throughout that was not, oh, I just shat my pants, but much more of a like, I just have a continuous stream of poop coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was not one of those all at once. It was just sort of a like, I'm gonna stand here and I have a I have a trickle. Trickle of fear yeah. poop coming out of my butt the whole time. One of the kids said I mean, they tweeted this, and it's so solid. They said they should call the AR-15, the Marco Rubio, because it's so cheap to buy. Oh. That's solid. It's so solid. Like, they're so good. That is a quality roast right there. Oh, they're so good at Burns, and they're all my heroes, and they were all so good. They were all so good, and my heart swelled with pride for them, and I just felt a lot of faith in America, so... I'm pretty psyched about what these kids are doing, and I feel like they have ushered in a beautiful wind of change. And so, Sesuvia, there's something beautiful in the force of these kids, and they're about to come marching. And it's going to be amazing. It's true. That's coming up. That is yep. just, uh, just uh, I'm doing math in my head, hence the problem. It's about three weeks from now. It's about maybe two weeks from now. I'll actually be down in Texas for a teen book festival, and we're uh, there's going to be an event at night. Like we're going to do the march. At that night. is awesome. It's great. That is awesome. Yeah. But the idea of a Marco Rubio ass-handing screensaver—it's not a bad idea. That's money. That's money in the bank, right there, Maureen. That was how two weeks ago started, Dan. How have your weeks been? Well, Maureen, I'm a little bit offended. That you haven't addressed me. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. By your majesty. Because I am the candle king of Kickstarter now. It's Officially. True. It's true. That's how my two weeks are, Maureen. I sold candles, says Whovians, you know, because I've been advertising them for two weeks. Uh, P-Tape and Robert Muller candles on Kickstarter. And Maureen... Not only did we make our uh, what at the end of the day was a little bit high uh, goal for selling those candles, but then it just kept going and we became the best selling candle in the history of Kickstarter. Yeah, you did. I, I even got a, I even got a concession speech from the previous number one <gasps> candle. Oh, he called you and was like, you you're they sent me a tweet. They said it's bittersweet, but you know, we're glad it went to we were glad we lost it to you. That's beautiful. That's it was amazing. Beautiful. It was pretty wonderful. Yeah. Uh we I, I placed a, a candle order yesterday, Maureen, for two thousand two hundred candles. Two thousand two hundred and sixty eight to be exact. Are they coming to your house or do they get shipped? Oh no, 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 no. They would literally fill my house. It is hold on, let me pull up my spreadsheet here. It is a hundred and eighty-nine cases of candles. <laughs> it's 
So, no, that would let my house is 900 square feet. It would mm-hmm. fill my house. No, they are going to go to a fulfillment warehouse who will then pack and ship them. So, uh, yeah, thankfully, I had the forethought to realize that I was not shipping these things. But, man, it has been a run. That was it was crazy. This is the thing that I would like to say, because if you remember just a couple of couple of episodes back, we were talking about like struggling with creating and stuff like that. And, um, and man, it was a, it was a roller coaster of emotion. This thing, this whole Kickstarter campaign, I almost, I almost, I almost shut it down three days in. And then I, I did, I was just like, I can't do this. It was like an anxiety attack for 25 days, but, um, I stuck with it and I sold some candles. Having to remote stuff is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? Like, this was a thing that it was actually, I think, a pretty good thing for me to learn because it started being like, you know, on Twitter being like, um, I'm sorry. Could two people buy a candle? I'm so sorry. If only just if one of you could maybe buy a candle, that would be great. You know, and then 25 days later, it was like, hey, fuckers, buy all the candles. <laughs> you know, And uh <laughs> That's how I've gotten with my book stand. And it has been, what year is it? It's 2018. So I've been for 14, it has taken me 14 years to get to the point where I'm like, you know what? This book is good. Read it. You'll enjoy it. Sit down, sit, sit, tuck and take a nice bath or some shit. Put some like, okay, a little cautionary tale. I was about to say, put some nice oil in your bath, but you want to hear what just happened to me, Dan? I'll tell you. Put oil in your bath? That's not a good idea. Yeah, I I put little like drops of scented oil in there, like lavender oil. And I've always done this. It's like a nice little doink, 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 nice lavender scented bath. Very nice for you. But I bought a scented oil. And you think I'm digressing, says Huvia, but I'm not. And I it was sold with all the others. And I put it in and I got in the tub and I was like, huh, why does my arm hurt? And I kept looking around and I was like, why does my arm hurt? And then I got out. And I had a five-inch-long chemical burn on my arm. What? Like a deep, serious burn. I almost had to go to urgent care. Uh, I eventually was able to dress it and care for it at home, but I had to keep my whole arm. It looked like I had gotten a tattoo or something. Like I had to keep my whole arm bandaged for four days. Why? What? Um, yeah, orange oil. Oh, So boy. some of those oils, if they're not, they're not, uh, you can't have them come in touch with, you can't have them touch your skin or you will get deep chemical burns. Horrible. And I didn't figure it out because then I put in a couple more drops a couple days later and then my, my legs started to burn. I was like, ah, and it hurt so much that I had to get out. And then it was finally like, oh, oh, these oils have literally burned my skin. So when you take your hot bath to reach really devious, don't put orange oil in. And no. there's a few others. However, lavender oils that are appropriate for skin are for perfectly safe to use. But always read the label. Maureen, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to share something with you here, which is uh, there's a new podcast in town called Trump Inc. It's done by uh, some pals of ours at ProPublica and also at WNYC. And they had an amazing discussion that a bunch of people tweeted to us uh, with David Farenthold from the Washington Post. And so first of Mm -hmm. all, it is sort of a dream podcast because all it is doing is looking at Donald Trump's business holdings, which is fantastic. It's well worth listening to. That's excellent. But in specific, this episode, they had David Farenthold on and it was a bit of a meandery episode where they were answering questions and and David Farenthold mentioned that he had gone to Mar-a-Lago quite recently uh on a purchased ticket to attend a fundraiser and in it Maureen he described the most incredible salad I've ever heard mm-hmm. now those yep. of you just joining says who you may not know that we have long tracked Trump's salad intake or lack mm-hmm. thereof right this salad I, I I broke it down into some bullet points so I can read this. Okay. He described it as a disc of lettuce, like one inch thick. Then he said it was like a lettuce plate. Right. So I understand. It included the hard, you know, like when you get like a head of iceberg lettuce, there's the part that mm-hmm. where it like actually attached to the roots into the ground. That yeah, the part, part you're not supposed yeah, to serve. That part was included. 
like just like a bisection. Like imagine, imagine having a bandsaw and sticking a head of lettuce <laughs> through it. Like that's how they cut this lettuce. Then it was topped with with a couple of whole strawberries and quote a couple of pieces of goat cheese. Right. That's it. Did they talk about dressing? He did not even mention a dressing. He said, quote, it was like somebody had invented this salad 10 minutes earlier. Somebody shit, shit, shit. What do we what do we? Yeah, um, that is. I mean, it's so hard to get worse than the wedge salad in my head. They did it. They nailed it. They have nailed it. They really have. I mean, they've bisected the worst part of an iceberg lettuce. I firmly maintain, and I know that Helen and I disagreed on this, but I firmly maintain that iceberg lettuce is a very noble lettuce. I'm a fan. But I enjoy iceberg lettuce. Shred that shit. Just chop it. It can handle it. Chop that shit up. It is magnificent. But don't just. But the fact that they served basically the ass end of a, of an iceberg lettuce in the form of a of a of a disc. It's amazing. They are amazing. And I, I think we'll find, Dan, as we end up discussing this week, that really they have an they have a they, there's quite an amazing crew of people around Trump that do some remarkable things. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Indeed. Indeed. So what has been happening over the last two weeks? Holy cow. I, so the thing that has really stood out to me about like the real core of these last few weeks. Wait a minute, whole strawberries? That was something whole, I, I whole strawberries. I didn't even think about that. And I realized that you can have a whole cherry tomato, but that is a bite-sized. Sure. That is just But also like it you're not really eating your disc of lettuce. So you're just kind of slicing these strawberries and I guess maybe grabbing a little like it's not even edible. There's no way that this is eaten. Like, what is the story of the eating of this item? It sounds like a diorama. Like, it's like somebody has tried to recreate a crime scene with food in a little miniature. It's no good. But uh, some other stuff happened this week with a... At this point, the White House, the way I picture it is like the frat house in Animal House. (laughs) Like, people are just wearing togas and running around screaming and barfing into plants and riding motorcycles upstairs and um yeah and i i think that would be a charitable view of what's going on yeah i mean this is this is this is the thing that we really wanted to unpack this episode of says who which is the goon squad that surrounds trump is falling apart Right, like this last couple of weeks, we have seen Jared Kushner have his his security clearance removed, and then just an amazing cascade of leaks of all of the shit he's trying to pull regarding loans for his family's business and things like that. Then almost immediately after that, Hope Hope Hicks testifies to Congress, and the uh, next day quits. Ivanka, apparently the FBI is looking into her business dealings. Michael Cohen, lawyer extraordinaire, the says who guy, which we knew already paid $130,000 to Stormy Daniels. The Wall Street Journal just the other day said that he's pissed at Trump now because he never got reimbursed for it. Like just. Oh, the dumbest people in the world. And it, uh, while bananas and disheartening and frightening to watch, it is also extremely logical because as everybody, even a small child, would be able to figure out, nobody any good was going to work there. Anyone with talent, people with talent in Washington said, I need to get out of here because I don't want to be associated with this administration. Like people, all the smart people left and the only oh, yeah. people that would take any of these jobs were maniacs or former models. You know, like Hopex, her whole experience was that she was a former model. She is really pretty. That's her, and her whole job was to tell little white lies 
to the president, for the president, both, who fucking knows? Her whole job was to make him feel better. He needed a pretty girl to make him feel better. Yeah. I mean, it was very interesting having read the Michael Wolf book and like he basically says like Hope Hicks is like a surrogate daughter, which A, is creepy and B, shows you just how tiny his circle has just gotten. Yeah. You he, know, like, he has no friends. And uh, as we sat down to record, Gary Cohn resigned. Yeah. Apparently he was he was ultimately okay with white supremacists, but not with steel tariffs. And there was a rumor in the middle of the week that was it McMaster was about to go? Yeah, that that seems to still be an ongoing thing that McMaster was going to be taken off the National Security Council and moved back to the military. Uh, But that is not as far as I know, that is not not yet happened. So it's (sighs) it seemed that nothing could get like that. Everything was crumbling and uh, literally every day we are the whole administration, like our entire executive branch is a bleeding bag. I mean, we're we're leaking, we're dripping secrets, we're dripping deals, we're drip like it's it is a patient on a, on a table bleeding from 60 wounds. And we thought. You, you just whenever you think that nothing weirder is going to happen or there can't be like a more incompetent person, like you can't have the another says who or Ty Cobb with my head is full of rocks. And like just what you th- you think it can't you can't at Carter Page, my boyfriend, like you, you think you've met the dumbest, weirdest one for sure. And then Monday happens. happens. <sighs> I, I, Dan, I had just come back. I spent last week on MJ Island, which is known as Jamaica, generally, where I was at a writing retreat. And I was very busy and I was not checking the news as much. And then I came back to the United States where it is freezing. We're about to have a snowstorm. And the building that I live in, they said, by the way, we're coming in at eight o'clock in the morning to remove your kitchen wall. No. Oh. So it was like quite, you know, it was like, I'm like, I'm back. I felt really back. It was like, really like, yep, this is, this is, this is, I'm going to work today. They're going to take out a wall. This is how it is. And then around 4 p.m. I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go online and see if, uh, if anything's going on. And, um, and there was something going on around 4 p.m. yesterday. And that something is, uh, is my new boyfriend, someone I, <laughs> someone I really love, um, and his name, and soon my name will be Sam Nunberg, and I'll be Mrs. Sam Nunberg. Oh. We didn't know much about Sam Nunberg before yesterday. We sure didn't. And I, I, I will be honest with you, my yesterday was spent literally in a fever haze. And so I did not know what was happening that was real and what was happening that was uh, being conjured by the fever that I was sweating off. I was I had a terrible flu and I would wake up for 20 minutes and I would look at my phone and I would be like, oh, that looks weird. And then I would go back into unconsciousness. And so it wasn't really for me until this morning that it all really began to come into focus of what exactly happened yesterday. Well, it seems that yesterday, a man named Sam Sam Nunberg, who was not a major player generally, but he wasn't one that we heard about a lot, but yeah. he was the uh, assist or associate of somebody named Roger Stone. Now, Roger Stone is like, he's like a Victorian bad guy. He's like the child catcher. Um, yeah. He's a... He's, he's like a living embodiment of the bad guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He has a tattoo of Nixon on his back. That's true. That is true. He's a super weird guy, and his known profession is that he's like a trickster. He's a political dirty man. Yeah. He does dirty work. He's like a black op kind of guy. Yeah. And both um, both both Numberg and Roger Stone were heavily involved in the very early days of uh of the Trump campaign. Numberg was fired um 
a couple of different times and usually rehired quite quickly thereafter, but finally was fired for good when some racist Facebook posts of his were surfaced, um, uh, still fairly early into the campaign. But, uh, but he decided, Maureen, that the best way he should spend his Monday afternoon was making phone calls to news organizations. And they are so amazing that we have started a new segment for this episode that we like to call Says Hooster Peace Theater. I will be playing the role tonight of Katie Turr. The role of Sam Numberg will be played by Maureen Johnson. <clears throat> Take a sip of water because he talks a lot. And we'll be stopping to kind of yes. uh, annotate because uh, it's a lot to unpack. Former Trump campaign aide Sam Numberg has been called before the grand jury, now says he will be refused to go and will refuse to cooperate with handing over any documents. Sam, you're joining me on the phone. Are you there? Hi, Katie. How are you? Why are you saying no? Because what they sent me is absolutely ridiculous. They wanted every email I had with Roger Stone and Steve Bannon. Why would I hand them emails from November 1st, 2015? I was thinking about this today, Katie. I was preparing it. And should I spend 50 hours going over all my emails with Roger and Steve Bannon? And they wanted emails I had with Hope Hicks and Corey Lewandowski. Are you giving me a give me a break? It's ridiculous. Okay, I just want to say it as myself that there's a lot to unpack in that opening salvo. Um, but what gets me most is that his whole um, premise of objection is that he just does not feel like doing it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's just is a pain in the ass. So, but we go on. Yeah. Um, this is the special counsel. He's investigating Donald Trump. You know what? You know what? Uh, Mr. Mueller. Uh... You sat with him a week and a half ago. Did that make you change your opinion of this investigation and you're not going to cooperate? I'm not going to cooperate when they want me to come to a grand jury. For them to insinuate that Roger Stone was colluding with Julian Assange, Roger's my mentor. Roger's like family to me. I'm not going to do it. What has happened in the last 24 hours that made you change your mind on this? When I was going over everything today, when I looked at the subpoena, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. And you know what? I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. As you know, no, Katie, you know that. You, you've said it. I'm not a fan of his. He treated Roger and me very badly, and he screwed us over during the campaign. But here, when I get a subpoena with this, the pre, this says the president's right. It's, it's a witch hunt. I'm not going to cooperate. Why do I have to spend 80 hours? Go? I just want to point out that previously it was 50 hours. Hey, 80 he hours. 30 more hours just then. He just did yeah. the math. It's just, you know, it's 80, 80 hours. It's 40% 80, it's, increase. Come on. Whatever. That I've had with Steve Bannon and Roger Stone. What does Bob Mueller want when he see my emails and I send to Roger and Steve and, and we just talk about how much we hate people? Okay, that I have to say is, is fairly relatable. I do love, like, I can totally see the math in his head of being like, holy shit. We just send, like, shit post emails to each other all day. 50 times a day. <laughs> like, for two years, you want all of those. Shit. All I will right. also say that... You don't actually get it. Like I, I know someone who's involved in a bullshit court case right now, and there's no choice. Like you have to turn over all your emails, and you hire a company, and they basically suck up all the emails with the relevant facts. Like you don't get yeah. to pick. Right. It's not really your choice. That's the whole point of this. Is that it, it's? I mean, we're gonna go into this, Dan. But the whole point is. You don't get to do it because you don't feel like it. But right. anyway, let's continue. we must continue. Sam, you were on the campaign. Early this is actually one of my favorite moments in the whole thing. Sam, you were on the campaign early on. You were there when Donald Trump decided to announce that he was running. Donald Trump did not collude with the Russians. I love it so much, Warren, because there's nothing to do with that <laughs> in, the, in the questions she was starting to ask. <laughs> it's just so amazing. 
It's somebody sent a gif yesterday. Uh, the movie, the Goonies, which uh, I loved a lot <laughs> as a child and I've watched uh, as an adult and boy, that is a problematic movie to rewatch, but I love in the Goonies. There's an interrogation scene with the, with the character chunk and he just starts. <laughs> he's so terrified that the Fratelli brothers are going to, stick his hand in a blender that he just starts telling them everything. <laughs> and like, this is this exact moment where they're not even, she didn't even ask anything about Russia. And here he goes. <laughs> you were on the, you were on the Trump campaign. I never killed a guy. Exactly. I never killed a guy. I never ran over a guy with my car and then hit his body in the trunk and then oh, threw it in oh. a river. I never did that. I love this. Anyway. Thing. Donald Trump did not collude with the Russians. It is the biggest joke to think that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. I can tell you, Donald Trump, when he was involved in conservative politics, it did not help his business. Donald Trump didn't want to attack Hillary Clinton early on in the campaign. He only wanted to attack Jeb Bush because it wasn't going to be good for him and it wasn't going to be good to win the primary. He was. This is a confusing sentence. And if it wasn't and if he wasn't going to win the primary, he was probably going to endorse Hillary Clinton. That's a little spicy meatball he throws in there. Sam, you were on this campaign. I'm not going to go over my emails. I'm not going to spend 80 hours because a bunch of FBI agents and a bunch of U.S. attorneys want to harass me. You, you are actually that's the whole you are. There's the thing. They've already bankrupted people, Katie. They've bankrupted other people over this. Sean Spicer has big legal bills. Josh, somebody, has big legal bills. What do we need this for? Side note, they do this to poor people all, all the, the time. time. What tears are shed for all of the people in that are being in in the that are being crushed by the justice system yeah. right now? Yeah. Anyway, Oh, so so anyway, I just want you to cry for this guy because he's gonna he's gonna have to go through his emails. Yeah. Like this is cry for Sam. Hold on, Sam. You're on the air on MSNBC just last week saying the Russian investigation was not a waste of time, that it was not a waste of taxpayer money. So what has changed, Sam? What has changed, Sam, in the last twenty four hours? You know what? When I got the subpoena, it was ridiculous to me. By the way, this is a new drinking game. Every time you see the heard the word ridiculous, you have to take yeah, a drink. And Get Katie. a drink. Every time he says Katie, because that starts happening like crazy very soon. It was ridiculous to me. Why should I hand them over every email I've had with Steve Bannon and Roger Stone since November of 2015? Give me a break. Side note, he once called a reporter and seriously pitched a story that there was going to be a movie about Steve Bannon and it, Steve Bannon was going to be played by Russell Crowe. That is awesome. So Sam, what about... Those who might look at this and say you might have something to hide or something you don't want to reveal because you say you're not going to cooperate. What if they think that looks suspicious? Let them think what they want. You know what? I'm the first person to go out here and say I'm not cooperating because it's obviously ridiculous. Drink. What they want from me, Katie. Drink. And should I spend 80 hours? Drink. Going over emails that I've had with Steve Bannon and Roger Stone. Katie, drink. Do you think... If you're going to defy a grand jury subpoena, are you worried about being held in contempt of court? Let's see what Mr. Mueller does. Are you worried about being arrested? I think it would be funny if they arrested me. I think it would be really, really funny just, if they wanted to. I just want to agree with him wholeheartedly there, yeah, Maureen. It would be funny. It would be fucking hilarious. And also really, really likely I think it'd be funny if they wanted to arrest me because I don't want to spend 80 hours drink going over emails that I had with Steve Bannon and Roger Stone. Steve Bannon, Roger Stone, Hope Hicks. Who else is on the list of emails that they want from you? I just want to point out, Maureen, I work with a lot of reporters. Katie Turr is fucking amazing in this whole thing. Like, she is live on air talking with someone that is going fucking apeshit. And <laughs> she is keeping it so fucking focused. And you can see it in her brain as the questions come out that she's like, he's going to say anything. Right. So like, <laughs> I'm going to just ask, like, fuck it. Why don't I ask who's on the list of emails that they want for him to supply? Like, is, she is incredible. She is amazing throughout this whole thing he never knocks her off balance she stays laser focused she is incredible i also mentioned that the surreal quality of this must have been like she was sitting there and suddenly a magic portal yeah. opened up in the wall and inside was a room full of diamonds yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, do you want 
All right, Steve Bannon, Roger Stone, Hope Hicks, who else is on the list of emails that they want from you? Oh, Katie, drink. Did I ever communicate with Carter Page? Not on the list of people whose name she just gave, I'll point out. Oh, Katie, do you think I ever communicate with Carter Page? Do you think I communicated with Corey Lewandowski after November 1st, 2015? I mean, a a date that will live in infamy, apparently. I mean, Corey was the one who screwed me over and got me fired from the campaign. What about Keith Schiller? What about Michael Cohen? What about Donald Trump? What about those communications? For them to ask me about communication with Donald J. Trump, the president of the United States, that is over the hill. Also, that's <laughs> such a right good expression. That is, that is too much for Mr. Mueller Sam, to ask let, for. Sam, too much. let me ask you a question. Don't interrupt. You were on the campaign early on. You left early. You said Corey Lewandowski helped get you fired. But you were there when Donald Trump was deciding to run for president and why he'd run for president and what kind of positions he would take if when he decided to run for president. Wouldn't the special counsel be interested in finding out about what you know about that time early on? Side note, <laughs> yes. Well, yes, they asked me about it. I mean, they certainly asked me about it. And it was ridiculous, Drink. Why did they... Because I can tell you once again, Katie Drink, Donald Trump being involved in conservative politics wasn't good for his business. And by the way, I think my lawyer is going to dump me right now. <laughs> uh, what did they ask you? you <laughs> sorry. What did they ask you about Donald Trump taking policy positions early on? They asked me if Donald Trump took positions because of his business. And I will tell you, he never told me that he did not. What else have they been asking you? You know what they asked, which is ridiculous drink to me? They asked things like, did you hear people speaking Russian in the Trump office? Who? Katie, drink. I did not hear people speaking Russian in the Trump office, okay? That's ridiculous drink. They asked things like- So- Yeah? This is also, I love this, because he's like, they asked things like, and she was already ready to ask a question, and then she realized, fuck, he's just going, right? (laughs) (laughs) So she just goes, keep going. Well, they asked me things like, did you hear about Trump Tower Moscow? No, I never heard about Trump Tower Moscow. Never heard about it once. And I can tell you, Katie, you're not going to like to hear this. Your audience isn't going to like to hear this. When Donald Trump took positions, when he said Vladimir Putin was better off fighting Syria against ISIS compared to Barack Obama, he was right. Because you don't remember this or you don't want to talk about it. But ISIS was chopping American heads off and Trump was intuitively right about it. Leaving allegations against me or viewers of this network aside. Okay, I'm sorry. I would like to ask this. A GOP primary would not have been a fan of Russia or Vladimir Putin. It would not be a popular opinion to be friendly towards Russia or Putin among Republicans very early on. Why is it not relevant for the special counsel to ask why Donald Trump is so friendly to Vladimir Putin early on? It confused a lot of people back then, and he's still pretty friendly to them. It's confusing to a lot of people now. By the way, Katie Drink, I agree with you. <laughs> I think Trump made a, has made a major mistake. I think Vladimir Putin should face serious consequences for what he did during the election. But what I've also said to you repeatedly, if Vladimir Putin wanted to release Hillary Clinton's emails, and by the way, she should have protected her emails, it's fine. <laughs> but her emails, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine to me. And if Trump wanted to get that out, and remember, you asked the question to him. If Trump wanted to get those emails out, that's fine because she should have protected her emails. You think Russia was the only one that stole her emails? Do you think Russia was the only one that hacked her emails? Do you think China didn't? Do you think India didn't? Do you think Israel didn't? Of course they did. Sam, I'm pretty curious since you yourself have gone on the record saying this investigation was not a waste of taxpayer money and was going along in a professional way. Why would you decide to do this all of a sudden? And why would you decide I would imagine against the advice of your lawyer. Yeah, he's probably going to dump me. I would imagine your lawyer is telling you not to rip up a subpoena. I mean, yeah, he's probably not. And I think Bob Mueller will be pretty. So why are you doing it then? Because I'm not going to produce every email I had with Steve Bannon and Roger Stone since November 1st, 2015. Why do I have to give them all my communications? It's ridiculous, Drink. Are you ready to go to jail? I'm not ready to go. I'm not going to jail. How do you know you're not going to jail? He's not going to do anything. You're very publicly snubbing your nose at the special counsel in this investigation. I imagine they don't do anything for you. Uh, I imagine if they don't do anything for you, they would allow anyone else to snub their nose at the investigation. Katie, drink. Katie, drink. You know, Katie, drink. Maybe they should start snubbing their nose at it. The way they're asking for my communicate. Like, seriously, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Like, he is the whiniest little 
dickhead in the world. I don't want to get my emails. I have to get. They literally, honestly, I've seen this happen. There's literally services that do it, and you don't have a choice because it's a fucking grand jury investigation about whether or not the entire 2016 election and all of basically the the intelligence of the United States and its current running has been compromised by a foreign government. This dude's like, why do I have to give over my emails since November 1st, 2015? It's just me and my friends, Roger and Steve, bitching about everyone in the office and how stupid they are. <laughs> anyway, Katie Drink, Katie Drink, you know Katie Drink. Maybe they should start sending their nose at it. The way they're asking for, I can't, I literally, Dan, I cannot take how whiny he is. And that is what makes me love him. Like, he's just so petulant. They're asking for communications I had with Steve Bannon with Roger Stone is to be too much. It is too much to him, Dan. It's too much. They want me to go in this Friday and they want me to go in and testify against my mentor who did nothing. He did nothing wrong, Roger. Okay, he did nothing wrong. In fact, he was treated terribly by Donald Trump. And by the way, we cost him a lot of money, Roger and me, as you well know. Sam, did you find an email in the last 24 hours that made you worried? An email that you didn't want to hand over? A text message that you didn't want to hand over? No, no. Not at all. Did someone just send you that question in your ear? No, it's a question I just came up with off the top of my head. Uh, it's a very good I question. Just that. He's like, you're some kind of mastermind. Literally, <laughs> like, I've had you on my show for like 15 minutes and you're acting like the guiltiest person in the world. And I'm going to ask you the most obvious question in the world, which is, did you find something that you're worried about? And he's like, did where you, did you come did up with that? Did you look at the trunk of my car? Did you find a human head in the trunk of my car? It's a very good question. Uh, did you find a human head in the trunk of my car? No, I did not. I did not at all. In fact, you know what I did, Kat Katie Drink? I did not go over any of my emails since I was contacted by them. And you know what the other thing, Katie Drink, that really upset me? Not upset me, but I was very low on this list, okay? I got to spend 50 grand on legal fees. I was very low on this list. And then suddenly when they called me, you know when they called me, Katie Drink? It was after Michael Wolf's book came out. And they asked me a bunch of things in there about Roger and me. After we were after he, we were fired. And as you remember, when you covered that campaign, Katie Drink, Roger and me were treated terribly. And and trust me, we weren't colluding with Trump. It wasn't some smart idea that we had for us to be fired and we were going to get the emails from Russia. If Roger and me were there, Katie Drink, we would have had. OK, this is great. If Roger and me were there, Katie we would have had the Benghazi parents out there at the first debate and we would have had the Bill Cl and we would have had Bill Clinton's illegitimate black child there at the second debate and we would have had the women there. <sighs> Jesus Christ. You got to go on. Sam, it's still happening. This email this Sam, hold on. What you're doing is surprising to say the least. But you sat there in that room being questioned by Mueller's investigators. I want to hear direct directly from you. Do you think that they have something on the president? I think they may. <laughs> <laughs> I think he may have done something during the election, but I don't know for sure. Why do you think that? I can't explain it unless you were there. Explain the atmosphere. This is where my interest in Sam became full romantic attention. <laughs> because, well, just listen. It's the way they ask questions about everything that I heard after I was fired from the campaign to the general election and even to November 1st. It insinuated to me that he may have done something and he may very well have. If you got that sense from the special counsel's investigators, why would you not want to cooperate with them? Because they're not interested in handing my emails over. <laughs> <laughs> that I communicated with Steve Bannon and other people and Roger Stone. I am not interested in it. I am not interested in them insinuating that Roger did something bad. Sam, I want to be very clear. 
Has anybody at all contacted you in the last few days? Look at how good she is, Maureen. Look at how she just fucking, she's a goddamn bloodhound on this shit. Right? It's over and over and over and over. I'm going to say it this way. I'm going to say it. God damn it. She's good. I just want to be very clear. Has anybody at all contacted you in the last few days, the last 24 hours, to encourage you not to talk to the special counsel or to tell you not to talk to the special counsel or to give you a reason why it would not behoove you to talk to the special counsel? I decided this, Katie, drink a couple hours ago. A couple hours ago, I decided this when I was going over all my emails and I was going over how <laughs> the long. emails that he and said it was like five minutes ago that he had not looked at. When I was, I was, I didn't look, my, but I'm going over all these emails. I'm deciding how long and arduous this process is going to be. And I'm like, this is ridiculous, drink. Why do I have to give Bob Mueller my random emails with Steve and Rogers? Sam, has anybody from the Trump White House contacted you? No. Has the president contacted you? No. Has anyone from Trunk's legal team contacted you? No. Has Roger Stone told you not to talk to the grand jury? No. In fact... Has Steve Bannon told you not to talk to the grand jury? No. No. In fact, I spoke to Steve Bannon for the first time last week after I went out, went in there and I spoke to him and Steve and I were discussing how we both feel like, I'm telling you, Katie, drink, that Trump may very well have done something during the election. I don't know what it is. I could be wrong, by the way. <laughs> Sam Numberg, remarkable. Thank you very much for calling in. What's remarkable about this, by the way? Everything is remarkable <laughs> about it, Sam. You know you called me, correct? It's all unbelievable, I'd say. <laughs> what do you think Mueller's gonna do to me? You know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know, but given the circumstances, I think you might be held in contempt of court. We'll see. Well, if I'm held, held in contempt of court because I don't want to communicate with Steve Bannon and Roger Stone and I talked about since November 1st, 2015. It's also Keith Schiller and Michael Cohen and Hope Hicks and Corey Lewandowski and Donald Trump and Rick Gates and Paul Manafort and... Do you think I had any contact with Carter Page? Again, not a name that you just <laughs> listed! <laughs> Sam, I don't know. Well, the answer's no. <laughs> Sam, thank you for calling in. It's three o'clock. I have to hand things over to Casey Hunt. Come back live on our show tomorrow if you can. Tell Casey I said hi, okay? I'm sure she can hear you. Sam Nunberg, thank you very much. So... <sighs> that was the first. Take a bow, um, Maureen. Take a bow. Dan, Dan, that was what fifteen? Oh, that was my my sound of doom. That was fifteen minutes. He did that for something like two and a half more hours. Yeah, and then he continued By to call like print reporters through the night. I know our friend Olivia Nuzzi got called at eleven thirty last night. I didn't know that he yeah. called. He was calling her. He was just calling everybody. Yeah, she apparently tried I, to call him using a number that he had called her for, and it turned out to be his mother's landline. <laughs> so he, she talked to his mother first. Do you think now? Do you think the president did anything wrong? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't even say maybe. He says yes. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even say maybe. He says yeah, I do. <laughs> Oh, so why word. so why won't why why won't you tell anybody about what the president did, Sam? I don't want to give over my emails. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with them. It just seems like a real pain in the ass to go through them. There there are two things that are amazing about this. Number one, if you're Robert Mueller and you're asking this mope for his emails, you probably already have the emails. <laughs> right? Like he's already got them. He just wants to see what this dude won't show him, right? Like, that's the whole point of asking. It's not like, oh, we got nothing. Do you have any emails? Like, <laughs> I got your fucking emails already, but I'd like you to show them to me, too. Thing two, <laughs> addendum to this story, after spending all day yesterday uh, calling the news and saying that he wasn't going on, he uh, told the Daily Caller today that he was going to cooperate. So all that bluster 
he finally woke up this morning and realized, uh oh. Now there was a rumor that he may have been drunk. Yeah, he was on. Uh, I think he was on CNN a little later, and he was actually live on on the air, sitting across from a reporter. Uh, and she ended the interview by saying, "You know, this is awkward, but I smell alcohol on your breath." And he claimed to have not been drinking. Uh, but the the long and the short is that these are the worst possible people. These are the scumbags and weirdos. I mean, Trump is a New York guy and he's known around here for being a weirdo and hanging out with dirtbags and being gross and dumb. And everybody in New York knows it because he lives here. He's just a weirdo, a mobbed up dummy weirdo. Has He just hires people to do his shit. And the only thing he was really good at was being an asshole on a TV show. Yeah. That he was good at. And that's all he's doing now. But he has hired a whole packet of, of circus clowns. Yeah. It turns out what we've seen over the last two weeks is the strategy of hiring nothing but clowns and goons and two-bit mobsters and models to run the government. <laughs> Had a couple of fatal flaws in it. <laughs> It seemed like a good idea at the time. I can see how someone would look at that and be like, yep, that's what we're going to do. Get me a bunch of goons and models. But it turns out it doesn't work that well. I have talked about this before, but I keep tabs on Facebook with my all the Trump supporters that I that I can bear that for, and I study them. And I know that. I know that that's weird. And I guess a lot of people do it. Like you just want to kind of watch and say, and this is someone my age. I went to high school with her and she, she supports Trump and thinks it's all great. And so I sort of study her. And today she posted what is clearly an old, like it's clearly like a meme picture. She loves a meme picture on Facebook. And it's, Dan, it's one of the most remarkable things I've, I've seen in a long time. It's a winsome photo of I should post this to says who it's a winsome photo of 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 uh I've blanked sorry it's a winsome photo of Bill Gates and then there's text that's aligned all right that says this should be posted in all schools and workplaces and it's one of those memes that's like here's a speech somebody gave it it's clearly not yeah. So this says, love him or hate him. He sure hits the nail on the head with this. Bill Gates recently gave a speech at a capitalized high school about 11 things that they did not or will not learn in school. He talks about how feel good, politically correct teachings created a generation of kids with no concept of reality. And this concept set them up for failure in the real world. Like this is the get off my lawn. Yeah. But um, I stared at this for a while and I'm not going to read all 11, but I will read the first three. Rule one, life is not fair. Get used to it. <laughs> Number two, the world won't care about your self-esteem. The world will expect you to accomplish something before you feel good about yourself, which I think is a lesson Trump needs to learn. And number three was the one that got me. You will not make $60,000 a year right out of high school. You won't be a vice president with a car phone until you earn both. <laughs> And then I said to myself, you know, the Trump voter I know believes this is a real speech that Bill Gates gave in which Bill Gates, winsome photo of Bill Gates, said, you're not going to get a fucking car phone. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to make 60000 and get a car phone out of high you school. You're not going to make sixty large and be driving around talking on your car phone, Maureen. Hey, we had a car clouds. phone. My mother had a car phone. It was in a bag, and she used to store it in the trunk. And you would get it out, and you would plug it in to the to the um the cigarette. Do cars even have cigarette lighters? Uh, still? They have what they still have the thing that was a cigarette lighter, but now it just has a little plug over it, and it is a twelve volt adapter. Okay, so that you would plug it into the cigarette lighter, and. You so she was like if you needed to make a call you had to pull over get the phone on the trunk and it was like a giant full landline phone size yeah. thing and you would plug it in 
And I study these things like I am reading an ancient text and looking for clues. Like I'm like, this is a Trump vote. Like you are you are a a contemporaneous person of mine who believes that Bill Gates gave a weird bullshit speech in which he went up to some random high school and was like, life's not fair. You're not going to make $60,000 and get a car phone. Get off my lawn. There's no participation trophies. Yeah, you know, that's how it works. I'm curing and, um, the world of malaria and fuck all you entitled brats. That's the, that's the speeches yeah. he gives. So it turns out that just dumb memes uh, with that even even a, a, a quick inspection show are, are fake, just go without comment. And that this tr- this group of goons and weirdos and these obvious lies, they what is getting us is that it's working. It's not the anger like. The anger it's the stupidity that's making us so tired. They're just so stupid and stupid should not work. Why is stupid working? That's what's bothering us. Why is stupid working? Why, why does stupid work? And stupid is currently not working, Dan. And you know what? I don't want to turn over my email since November 1st, 2015 that I had with Steve Bannon and Roger Stone. I don't think it's ridiculous. Katie, I don't want to, I don't want to turn over my emails. I don't want to. I don't want to turn over my email. Our theme music is performed by I Ted Leo. To... And our logo is designed want... by Katie. Katie, I don't want to cook dinner. I want to subscribe oh, to Blue Apron. And I just look, I, Katie, it's ridiculous to cook dinner when you when you don't have any ideas about like what to have for dinner in the evening and you just want your food come in a box you can contact us at says who podcast on twitter you can email at hey that is h-e-y at says who podcast.com or you can join the conversation on facebook at slash groups slash says whovians our facebook group is moderated by janice dillard i just want to say i'm at the blue apron page right now because i always check each week <sighs> to see what's up <sighs> and it seems like they will mail you spaghetti with broccoli. That's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, they're again they're yeah. pushing the grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. Um, but that's sure. That's nice. Philly style cheese. You steaks. should now, join us on March twenty first for our next episode. I don't eat meat, Dan, but I am from Philly, and whenever I see Philly style cheesesteaks, I get the. You love it, right? Oh, Philadelphians love Dan, when people don't you, imitate their cheese Dan, don't you they see it as the sincere form of flattery? Don't you do not joke about this, Dan. They love it. They're they're a they're a kind and giving people, Philadelphians. And they truly do see that imitation is the greatest form of flattery. I don't want to give over my emails. He doesn't want to give <sighs> over his emails, Dan. I mean, to be fair, Maureen, it'll take 80 hours. You got to look through every single one of those emails and say, oh, this meme I got from Reddit, I don't need to send this one. Oh, wait, this article from Infowars, um, I don't need to send that one. Like, think about how much they must have just shit posted back and forth. Do you think they were sending each other dick pics? Absolutely. (laughs) The, oh. To me, the lasting image that I have of Roger Stone, his mentor, the man to whom he feels it is not fair to insinuate that he did anything, the lasting image of I have of Roger Stone is that he smokes a cigar that looks exactly like a dick. <laughs> We're all, uh, our logo, did you say our logo's made by Darth? I, I did all of that already. <laughs> logo's made by Darth. And uh, please follow us on Twitter. We done it. We already did all that. You were busy looking up spaghetti in a box. Please email us at hey at sayswho.podcast.com. And um, please, please buy Truly Do or Don't buy it. It just looks like he's walking around with a summer sausage in his mouth is all I'm saying. Sausages. Tattoo a Nixon on his back. Yeah, that is true. It is... 
kind of what kind of emails do you get from Roger Stone? Yeah, you get a lot of emails that you don't want to share with a special That's, prosecutor. Quite no, clearly. No, 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 no. From my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. From inside a cab with Sam Nunberg driving from news outlet to news outlet. I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. 80 hours, Maureen. 80. That's two full work weeks. It's ridiculous. <laughs>